everyone. Welcome to In Conversation with Lisa Burke. Always a pleasure to have you listening to my podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can listen on RTL Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave a review. It's always great to hear from you, your thoughts about previous podcasts. And today we're going to talk about literature and books. Joining me, Bea Knaip, who herself has worked at RTL since 2006 and presents a literature from Luxembourg show for the past seven years, which is also now a podcast. And you can listen to that to improve your Luxembourg called Lecture von Haim. Since February 2021, Bea also co-hosts another podcast with Jérôme Jaminet, where they talk about literature from Luxembourg and around the world. Also joining us, Anne-Marie Reuter is an English teacher at Lycée Robert Schumann. She also runs Black Fountain Press, which is an English language publishing house. Anne-Marie sits on the board of the Publishers' Federation for Luxembourg. How do you pronounce that in Luxembourg? <laughs> and of the Writers' Association, ALL, Association Luxembourgish Literature. And she's a writer. Anne-Marie has published a collection of short stories, On the Edge and Blue, translated French poems by Lambert Schlechter, and a play by Larissa Faber from English into Luxembourgish, Disco Dementia. Welcome to you both. Good morning. Good morning. It's lovely, lovely to have you here. Now, Bea, I'm going to start with you because upcoming next weekend, we have the Walfer Book Fair, the Walfer Bichudish. Why is this important? Do we have enough English literature there to entice our English listeners? I would say so, definitely. I know Anne-Marie will be there presenting Black Fountain Press and all the books that they've published already, which are quite a few. I don't know how many, seven or eight? Nine, actually. Nine. 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 <laughs> Ten this for January. That is one stand to watch, but there are so many others. And there are also books published in different languages, in two languages or several languages. There's children's literature in different languages. Just in the past few months, there have been a number of publications. One is on the shortlist for the Luxembourg Book Prize, Luxembourg Book Prize. So we'll know more about that on the 18th of November, when maybe Waking the Mountain might make the grade. It's uh, Marina Fonseca and Lisa Juniors, two very young women from Luxembourg, who've published this wonderful children's book in English. There are a few more. Leo and the Octopus is one that's actually by a Luxembourg writer, and that's been published in English first and then in Luxembourgish. So there is a lot to discover, I would say. Anne-Marie, public readings, book signings, book launches and literary prize ceremonies, as mentioned, just coming up, we've got the Luxembourg Book Prize. Why are all of these things important? Oh, they're incredibly important because they stimulate the atmosphere among all people uh, involved. Uh, I mean, we've seen with the pandemic what the situation can be like uh, if you resort to, of course, the numerous uh, options of, of the social media, of online gatherings and virtual launches of, of books. But nothing compares to real book launch. All those who are passionate about books actually get together and you have the author who can present their book and sign it. You have the joy of producing this object because books are, are also objects on that you hold in your hands. And we've sort of uh, in this digital age, sometimes I think with the pandemic, especially, we were very digital. We were online all the time. And I'm really, really looking forward uh, to Wolfer Bischedes and just chatting to people about uh, books. These book fairs and, and public readings and book signings, uh, 
those are the places where everybody really uh, gets together, where publishers and writers and readers uh, all meet up and uh, and just uh, talk about the book, talk about literature. And it's a really lovely atmosphere. And I think after these strict regulations, uh, it will be such a pleasure to have Wolf Bischadisch uh, again. And at the Bishadish, we have, as you mentioned, Bea, a children's corner with all of the languages in Luxembourg. Why is it important to encourage young children to read? Have you got any tips for parents? And you too, Anne-Marie, you're an English teacher, in fact, to an older generation. <laughs> My daughters are older now, but I remember as they were growing up, one thing I heard as a parent was that it was harder to get boys reading. Is that true here in Luxembourg? It was the case I'm where... I'm not really sure it's a question of boys or girls or even I think that's a bit of a prejudice. You know, children don't read nowadays. It's not true. For instance, the Harry Potter series has shown that children can take to a story and wait 10 years actually to know how it ends. Read, I think it was 4,000 pages all told. I think it's very important that children should start to read and be read to as well very early in life because that's how they become readers later in life. I think it's especially the children's books that would stay with one for life. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's true of, of all of us sitting mm-hmm. here. I think English is a very, very popular language at secondary school. And uh, I know that a lot of my younger students would be completely immersed in fantasy literature and young adult uh, novels. I think there's a real boom for young adult uh, literature in, in libraries and schools, certainly. I think those shelves are the popular ones. It's true, actually. I couldn't believe it when I went back to the UK to a bookshop with my, my younger daughter. And in fact, there were columns of books which said, as seen on TikTok. And TikTok, weirdly, is a huge place where books are being promoted in a very positive way. And Bookstagram, of course, as well. I mean, a lot of young people are on Instagram and, and there's this whole section that, that uh, deals with all the, the aesthetic aspects also of books and the stories. We've got the bloggers, of course, uh, as well. I haven't actually looked into TikTok, <laughs> but I was thinking maybe I should. <laughs> there's a very large book fantasy world there and a very large book audience there, which is really, for me as a parent, incredibly encouraging. Now, have you seen English? It seems to me, to be an increasing literary choice amongst younger people in Luxembourg. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. I think Anne-Marie has a lot to say about this. I mean, one of the books you've published was fiction from young Mm -hmm. writers from Luxembourg, but in English. Mm -hmm. Yes, when we started the uh, Young Voices contest in 2018, we had the first edition and then last year the second one, which led to the the book Young Voices, basically the 12 best texts of this, uh, this contest. We had so many submissions and the idea of this Young Voices contest, which is only about submissions in English was basically because there were other contests like Printemps des Poètes or like Prix Laurence that encouraged uh, young people to submit in the languages of their choice, so also in German, French or Luxembourgish. And we felt, well, let's just try and do something completely in English. And I mean, the echo was overwhelming. And I mean, I noticed it at my school 
we have a uh, literature and media section uh, that starts in in troisième and English is actually the main subject uh, of that uh, section. And I have quite a few of my students who write, do creative writing and they choose English, although actually the winner of a prize now, the Concours Littéraire National, she wrote uh, in German, Elina Klassen, but uh, English is extremely popular among young people. It just seems it's English is the language of the media. It's the language also of the games. When you were talking about uh, how to motivate young people, I think there's an age category around 13, 14, where the interest in reading might actually give way a bit to the computer games. But some <laughs> of those are quite literary. And if you then sort of manage to bridge to bridge over into fantasy or sci-fi. You might They're often not, spin off from books as well. Yeah. I mean, the, exactly. the two media are related, yeah. books and yeah. games. I mean, Absolutely. you get uh, games based yeah. on books and vice yeah. versa. Yeah. And it's wonderful Absolutely. to see this complete circle in the way that all of the creative media are enhancing one another, actually. And for me, a game changer has been audiobooks because I don't always have the time to sit down and read. I, I'm on the move or I'm doing things, but to be able to listen to books and to just absorb that literature through audiobooks for me has been an absolute blessing. There are all sorts of different supports on which you can you can read. I mean, you can read in a physical book, you can read an e-book, as I said, an audiobook. Uh, there are so many different ways nowadays to get to literature. RTL Original Podcast. We've also got, from the writing point of view, a little competition of our own at the Walfer Bischodeck, which is the RTL Dictate. This is going to occur in all languages. And Bea, perhaps you can tell us a little bit more. Yes, well, last year was there was a version of the Dictate, albeit online. You know, rather <laughs> on, well, not quite online, but there were a few people sitting there basically writing their Dictate, but only, I think, about five people were allowed. This year, there won't be the Dictate as we know it, but it will be returned into a physical form, more or less. I think there are about 20 people who can be on the side. And of course, people can write from home. As in years before, it's possible to write the dictate in Luxembourgish, German, French and English. I think there might also be a surprise, but of course, that would be a surprise. So we can't <laughs> talk about that. But uh, it's on the 21st of November, the Sunday of the book fair. Yeah. As it used to be. In the morning. In the morning. And it will be transmitted on the radio so people can just sit in front of the radio and join in. It's a wonderful atmosphere and it really brings a lot of the country together. That's what I love about Luxembourg. These festivals, and I think actually COVID brought that home as well, they really are like markers. They're almost like bookmarks through the year, in fact. You know how the seasons change and all of these little festivals. As I get older, I appreciate them more and more. Now, Anne-Marie, I actually had Jess Baldry on a few weeks ago talking about comedy, but I know she's also set up Writers Who Talk. And you can tell us a little bit more about other groups that are available to writers or people who are interested in writing or just belonging to a group to talk about literature in Luxembourg. Yes, there are quite a few of those uh, groups. I think Jess and Luxembourg uh, Writers Who Talk, they do a fantastic job and their similar initiative basically that's called Word in Progress well similar in the sense that it offers a platform basically for writers to present their work to test their work on an audience because I think that is what uh, what is important and what also the, the writers who talk when they talk they talk about their, their writing so at Word in Progress events writers can present chunks of unpublished work and basically receive reactions from from the audience and from, uh, well, 
actually they're called executors. Yeah, <laughs> because that's the, it's the French format. Uh, they, they, they call that's a them, tough word. A bourreau d'auteur, which I always think sounds quite cruel. So it's basically it's a an interrogator, uh, somebody who animates the discussion. But uh, there's nothing to worry about. And the idea behind all of this is to give the the author an opportunity to have feedback, to have reactions to the piece. And very often those reactions help and stimulate the writing process. Uh, so that's a useful platform. And there's a, a similar one that's called uh, Désoeuvré. Both of these uh, initiatives organise evenings in all the languages. So there will be one English evening. Actually, there are two evenings per year for Word in Progress, uh, Désoeuvré. There's mixtures as well, but Word in Progress has German evenings, Luxembourgish evenings and French evenings too. Then there's a very young group of students from the university and they set up a website that's called Let's Write. So let's write. Most of their publications are in English and they meet up regularly as well. When it comes to publishing, of course, there's Cahier Luxembourgeois. They are often open also to shorter texts by young writers. Again, people who want to take test out basically their works on uh, an audience and then if you're interested in questions of, uh, of publishing or really in networking with more established writers, there is the Association Luxembourg Literature that was founded only uh, last year. And one idea behind it was uh, to basically make the uh, the vocation or the profession, I should say, the profession of the, the writer, the um, more professional instance in the literary landscape of, uh, of Luxembourg. Also, it works as a union, uh, a writer's union. So uh, this would be a good place uh, for questions uh, on publishing, possibly on contracts, possibly on payment, even for, for readings when it gets to, to become uh, a bit more professional. But so lots of choice. Yeah, there is a lot of choice. <laughs> I know there's also a poetry group that is run by James Leader. I think he runs it together with Jess Baldry. I'm not quite sure. Yes, so many groups to, to join. From, uh, yes. It's such a lovely binding thing, I think, books. May I tell us about the origin of your work and the podcast work here at RTL? Well, I've always been interested in literature, obviously. This started out as a summer series seven years ago in 2014. And the idea was to just present a different book from Luxembourg each week during the summer. So for eight weeks, trying to find eight books. And then the summer came to an end, slowly but surely. But the books kept flooding in. <laughs> and there was always so much to talk about. So it sort of got a life of its own and it became regular well then the radio show first of all and then last year was a podcast yeah. so that summer series of 2014 is still, still going running. <laughs> <laughs> how lovely and it shows the interest that there is in books what is it do you think about books that that feeds us so much what is it about literature that really helps us in our lives why do we need it you recognise a piece of yourself in each book you read or you reflect on a piece of yourself. At the same time, you share it with all the other readers. You can talk about books. And I think that's incredibly important to be able to talk about what you've read and share it with other people. It also transcends time and space. If you really think about it, you can read a book that was written 500 years ago and you can read a book that was written on the other side of the world and you can still share all those thoughts and share them with different people. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. They're uh, inclusive and exclusive uh, in a sense. Books provide an escapism. I think that's why a lot of people uh, read to just forget about their daily lives, to mm. experience something special and have a moment of peace and quiet as well, where they connect to themselves and where they can, yes, read themselves into these books uh, as well. But at the same time, um, you extract information from the books and that's the place where you then communicate with a whole range of other readers and with the world, as you say. So I think it's both. You look for yourself in these novels, you look for an escape from the, the hectic and pace of our life, but at the same time, while doing this, you take part in a, in a much wider world, a much more mm -hmm. spectacular world, <laughs> a greater world in any case. Yeah, absolutely. I must say from a personal point of view, because way back I studied sciences, so I was very much in the factual world and I didn't really always allow myself to enjoy literature. It was always fact, fact, fact. <laughs> um, but as I've got older, I've enjoyed literature so much more. I, it's really, really fed my life very much. And um, and as mentioned earlier, you know, with the, the advent of audiobooks, it, it's been a great thing. But, if, you know, most nights I love to just try to put the, the technical side of life away for a while try to become a little bit more disciplined about that and pick up a real book. And on the point of real books, are either of you surprised that we still have this love of real books, feeling that paper, the real book? Did either of you in your work through literature and publishing, especially Anne-Marie, did you expect the continuation of the book in its actual form? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably asking the wrong people here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. No, I, I think books won't uh, disappear. Uh, I think there is real pleasure to hold a, holding a, a beautiful book in your hand. and The paper is a sensuous pleasure. There's a smell about a, a real book. There's the ink and there's the, the font and there's the, the whole aesthetic of, of the cover is, uh, is incredibly uh, important. It's a work of art. A book is a, a work of art. And I think especially if you take the, the reason a lot of people read to get away from the world I think that is so much easier if you hold a real book a printed book in your hand if you continue reading on Kindle or on an e-reader I think it's much more difficult to forget about the world so uh, because a book forces you to slow down your pace slows down and uh, I think that uh, is a very important aspect uh, about books and I mean there are all these studies uh, that uh, prove that what you read on Kindle or on an e-reader generally is not what you remember best. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that's very interesting. You're just reminding me actually that yesterday I listened to uh, an interview. In fact, it was talking about a lecture at a university and a lot of students were opting not to physically come to the lecture, but to listen to the lecture back online at three times the speed because they felt they could concentrate more. But you've also made me think that when I read a physical book myself, I'm listening to my own voice in my head. Uh, whereas, obviously, if I'm listening to an audiobook, I'm listening to somebody else. And, and there's good and bad about both of those things. <laughs> but also the good thing about a physical book, it's never out of battery. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, it's just a, a lovely pleasure to have you both here talking about the world of books. 
Are there any final words to entice people to read a book? Have you got any book recommendations in English that you've enjoyed recently or some of your favourite books ever in English? I know that that's a tall order. <laughs> Sorry, I've thrown that one in without any planning at all. And I know it's very difficult, but just anything that springs to mind. One thing I would like to say about the, the relationship between science and literature, because, I mean, if you look at the field of science fiction, for instance, everything's been written about in literature before it actually came true in the scientific world. And everything has to be thought of, first of all, before you can make it real. Oh, that's a lovely point. And I like that point very much because a lot of people think science isn't creative, but indeed an excellent scientist has to be very creative because they have to create those ideas. It's absolutely correct what you're saying, whether you're a writer or indeed the scientist. That method of creatively thinking is the same route, in fact. It's just a different way of uh, putting it out into the world, one via literature, one via experiments. I'll back it up with a book recommendation. Oh, so wonderful. <laughs> Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro, I think is a would be a perfect book recommendation because I think it's it can appeal to quite a lot of uh, people. It's a, it's a great story. It's light, soft sci-fi. Kazuo Ishiguro's style is, is amazing as as always. It's uh, accessible it's uh, it's thrilling at the same time and i think it could uh, young, young readers older readers uh, i've recommended it to my students it reads very well so uh, go yes. for that and <laughs> if you don't read kazuiji guru over the next weekend then come to valfa that would be the same <laughs> Or do both. Uh, yeah. Or do both, actually. Yes, um, because Valfa is is really a very stimulating place. And I'm sure lots of books are discovered in Valfa. Absolutely. No, Kashi Ishiguro. I haven't read that uh, that latest book, but I've read a couple of his others. And he is a very interesting and different writer. He certainly has a different turn of phrase. And perhaps that's his heritage and his... Well, actually, I think, I mean, both of you will be experts in this. When you have that wonderful depth of knowledge of different languages, you can have that fantastic different turn of phrase. Well, actually, I've read the book and it's really interesting because we discussed it on our podcast with Jérôme Jaminet, RTL Bichelieu's. Um, did you know that actually Clara and the Sun started out, the idea started out as a children's book? That was his original idea, but then his daughter told him, no, it's possibly too violent to be a children's book, which I'm not <laughs> sure about, actually. But um, I think that sort of explains the language as well and the very well, simplicity of the story, but at the same time, the depth of it. And it's really amazing. It's a gift to be able to join simplicity to depth, actually. That's not as easy as it might sound, in fact. Well, thank you both for joining us. Hopefully we'll see you both at the Valfa Bishudish. And all of you listeners, we would really encourage you to come in a COVID-safe way, of course, to enjoy all of the English literature at the Valfa Book Day and, of course, to join in the RTL Dictate itself. You might even win a little prize. I think there are some prizes. Yes. <laughs> There's always a coffee available anyhow <laughs> and a chat with all sorts of people. So it's, it's going to be a lovely day of celebration, of getting together again and to enjoy books in the hand, real books, real paper and to meet the authors themselves. And of course, bring the children along. A fantastic day to be had by all. Thank you. Thank you.